Hello, this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, here with Marcello Yaya, co-publisher, and we're going to take a look at this week's news. The front page is cut in half on two different kinds of summits people are trying to reach. In Bern, um, kids had a chance to climb a imported rock wall that was brought up on Saturday for the fifth annual Summerfest. And this little girl is halfway there, and she made it all the way to the top. Um, on the other half of the page, we have the political climbing that's going on as politicians locally try to reach their goals. In Knox, there's an exciting story from H. Rose Schneider, who attended the Democratic Caucus there on Tuesday. And those of you who follow the enterprise may remember that Vasilios left Gaditas two years ago, could not get the nod from the Democrats, and he ran on a small party line and ousted the long-term incumbent, Michael Hammond. This time around, he's declaring it a victory because he got 65 votes at the Democratic caucus. He is enrolled as a Democrat, but he has the Republican line, and the Democrats attempted to have the Republican slate be adopted. However, Amy Bacorny, councilwoman, carried the vote with 82, and she will be the head of the slate with other Democrats as well on, on that slate. In Gilderland, um, things are heating up politically. We received a complaint from the chairman of the GOP about the acting chairman, Jacob Crawford, filing on small party petitions from two of the Republican candidates, and Elizabeth Floyd Mayer has covered that. Turning the page is this week's editorial, which we're excited about. We're launching something new through our website, um, illustrated by Carol Coogan, where you usually think of fences as separating people, but she's used it as a metaphor, the old-fashioned neighbors talking over the back fence. And the idea is the enterprise is hoping to be that kind of a meeting place for people. And we are launching what we're calling Cancer con Conversations. Um, we got the idea from two things. Last week, a fire we covered, a neighbor from that area didn't know the person whose home, you know, is, they're now no longer in their home, and did something about it, wrote a letter, went door to door, and it struck us that People, while they still certainly care about other people, are connected electronically and not necessarily through place. Having just been through uh, cancer diagnosis and surgery, I realized how many people offered encouragement that we're a nation of cancer survivors. We have stories to share. We can help each other. We hope you go to our website and look for our cancer conversation and join in. On letters, we have one from Gavin Warner, who thinks it's globally irresponsible for Altamont to have a police department. He's looking at the gas they spend when he thinks three other layers of police could cover the village. We have that letter I mentioned from Douglas Breaknell, the chairman of the Gilderland GOP, complaining about um, the um, petitions that have been challenged or may be challenged. 
And we have a thoughtful letter from Catherine Cunningham of Voorheesville, who herself knows a second language Spanish and was offended by an old joke we told in our editorial last week that ends with Americans as the answer to who speaks one language. And we certainly applaud her for writing us. We think it's great for Americans to speak more than one language. Just 25% of us do. And close to 90% of those are people who learned it at home, most likely coming from other countries. So the more languages we speak, the wider is our world. Turning the page, we have a salute to Phyllis Johnson which um, was a very moving ceremony. Here's a picture taken by Marcello of 200 people clapping to hear that July 22nd was named Phyllis Johnson Day in Bern. Um, Phyllis Johnson is at home recuperating, and uh, the turnout of people from all different parts of Bern was just amazing. The a number of things that Phyllis is involved in. Here is Mildred Zuck standing next to the super crozier and she's holding a coffee pot because Phyllis served coffee at the neat dinners at her church and she helps with ambulance, with firefighting, and of course our readers know it's because of her regular and exciting column for seniors in the Altamont Enterprise. Dennis Barber is encouraging history tours in the museum in Knox and Mary Beth Peterson and Misty Schaefer are encouraging people to help send BKW students back to school prepared. The Old Men of the Mountain is writing about how the grass is always greener when you have a very wet summer. And here are some boys playing in some green grass up in Burn Summerfest. And what was interesting about this is the kids from the other team came over to help this little guy because he was having trouble getting the shuttlecock up. Um, the Gilderland Chamber of Commerce has a new president, Michelle Viola Strait, who runs a cafe in Westmere. And... She is bursting with ideas and energy. She wants to include places like the hill towns, rural areas um, that she thinks could benefit from that, that kind of thing. Lots of business news this week. H. Rose Schneider has a story on a $125,000 grant that will be used to upgrade the playground in Knox. This is the current playground you're looking at here. And um, the idea is it's a multi phase plan and will include children who have disabilities as well. More fun and burn, you can see um, Paula Wilsey dancing to the Lazy Suns, and you can see Ashley and Natalie Spallone working out a game together there. Rose has two different stories on this page. One is the contest in Burn, full slates on both parties. The Democrats are running incumbents. The only elected official in Burn that's not a Democrat is the head of the Republican Party, um, Randy Bashwinger, who's the highway superintendent. And he has a full slate that cross party lines. The other story on the page is about new goals set to be adopted next week by the Burn Knox Westerville School District, and with some push from newly re-elected from times past school board member Helen Lounsbury, citizens were involved in hammering out those goals, and one big change is electronic devices will no longer be banned. Students will be taught how to use them responsibly. That's a good way to be prepared for the future in our estimation. 
Elizabeth has written about two solar farms, one which would supply electricity to the Gilderland schools and one large roof-mounted array. And one of them, if they get through the process, will be the first large solar array in Gilderland. More on politics in Gilderland from the front. The Republican slate is headed by Brian Ford, who made a close run last year after longtime supervisor... Kenneth Runyon retired, and he was bested by Peter Barber, who heads the Democratic slate, looking for a second term. Michelle Coons is running again on the Republican ticket, and Kathy Burbank, former um, head of the chamber, is also running on that line. The two Democratic council members, incumbents, are seeking re-election, Patricia Slavik and Paul Pastor. Turning the page, we have many arrests in our blotter section. We have a story on Anthony Gentile, who was arrested in his Gilderland home in 2014 um, and had faced six counts of um, sexual performance of a child. He had on his computer files of very young children, as young as infants, um, and he has taken a plea deal, reducing that to three charges. They were not local children. They were children from Europe or Asia. Um, there's another story by Elizabeth um, about Howard Haver, who works for the town highway department, being found guilty in a driving while intoxicated jury trial. He is uh, the town's liaison to the traffic safety committee. And Peter Barber, the supervisor, feels he should stay in that post, that he's very valuable to the committee. The library says always have lots going on. In Bethlehem, there's a nano-mini exhibition on loan from the Children's Museum of Science and Technology. And something fun is happening in the Gilderland Library as Jester Jim is set to perform on August 3rd. A recent book sale there, used books, was successful in raising funds. This is one of my favorite pages in the paper. These are pictures by H. Rose Schneider of a first up in Knox. It was a dog day celebration. Um, because many dogs aren't registered there or vaccinated, that was the thrust behind it. But fascinating dogs arrived. Here is one getting vaccinated. And us. Uh, Salisbury, who runs a grooming business, has brought her dog, a poodle, that looks kind of like a zebra. Kids are meeting a therapy dog and enjoying it. And one of the highlights, organizer of the event, Dee Wassner, has a sheep herding dog who's cooling off after his demonstration. And right near the parking lot, uh, demonstrated the herding of sheep. So we think that was a wonderful idea and hope, I hope it continues. Um, the calendar has many events, and one of them we have a podcast on. You'll see uh, on, a, on a further page. More on the Knox Caucus, which you can see is standing room only. People were lined up deep in the back and on the sides. It's great to see democracy in action, collecting ballots here. This is the... Supervisor currently in office, Vasilios Lepkadidis, and he is being challenged by Councilwoman Amy Picorni. Both are Democrats. Lepkadidis has the Republican line. Picorni has the Democratic line. 
Senior News, Madeline Bratt is now filling us in on the Helderberg activities and menu. Lots going on in Gilderland, including Tai Chi. And our favorite senior feature this week is by Susan Kidder, who uh, was childhood friends with um, the Gibbs, and this is the Gibbs' daughter, all grown up, who uh, has moved from the hill towns to the south to be with her family and is taking on many life adventures in her 90s, including zip lining and riding on a camel. And Susan Kidder, the liaison for senior activities in New Scotland, believes this could be an inspiration to others. Our student news page is dominated with news of Jamie Parmentier, who our readers are probably familiar with from her starring role in Mary Poppins. And from there, she went on to win the Best Actress at the 2017 Proctors High School Music Theater Awards. It was eight, there were eight nominations out of ten categories for that Floresville play, and it's a new program this year. And Jamie Parmentier went to Broadway, and she tells us all about it. Next, she'll be heading off to the University of Vermont, where she will study music, education, and theater arts. It was a big day in Altamont yesterday. Orsini Park was packed with dignitaries and citizens to be on hand for the unveiling of Museum in the Streets. This is an international project, which Altamont became a part of without village taxpayer money. There are 26 lecterns throughout the village that will tell you about its history in both English and Spanish. And here is Mayor James Gaughan, who was mayor at the time that, and shepherded this project through. The big plaque in Orsini is being unveiled, and that has a map to the 26 sites, one of which is at the home, 123 Maple, of the Altamont Enterprise for close to a century. We're now across the street. But there is James E. Gardner, who owns the building and still runs his print shop there. The uh, council member, Scally, played his bagpipes. And here we have a tiny tot displaying the brochure that anyone can pick up at Town Hall on the library and find their way through Altamont's history. What a great project. This actually is our favorite page in the newspaper. It is anchored by Beulah, the bloodhound, Saranac's bloodhound, who is really intently listening to podcasts, no doubt, from the Altamont Enterprise. And we encourage you to do this, too. It's free. It's another way to get news with more depth and interest. Two news stories we have that you can listen to through our website or just, you know, through your podcast app is a big announcement at a press conference last Thursday that the Carner Blue Butterfly, which is on the endangered species list federally, has reached a threshold at the Pine Bush Preserve in um, 2007, there were fewer than 1,000. There are now over 15,000. Not out of the woods yet, but we interviewed Alan Fierro, a longtime Farnsworth Middle School science teacher who for decades has worked on everything from preserving the lupin that's necessary to the Carner Blue to actually having students breed them. At the same time, he's retiring from that job and takes a look back at what it means to be a science teacher. Our other podcast is from Harry Ringermarker, who is speaking Friday night up at the Dudley Observatory program at the Octacon Barn in Knox on something many people are interested in, the first in almost a century 
total solar eclipse that will be visible in parts of the continental United States on August 21st. But we got him to talk about some other fascinating theories that he has. And you'll just have to listen to try to understand how the universe might be oscillating as if it's breathing. Quilt Show will be part of the Antique Show in Schoharie this year. The DEC is looking for citizens to survey turkeys. Our obituary page features two obituaries, Charles Michael Scott, an accomplished athlete who died at 24, Joseph Hammond, who is described by his family as a caring, gentle, and kind person, and a man of strong faith. Classified ads, if we don't have it, you don't need it. More student news, here we have, it takes a child to make, to raise a village, and we have Damian Moore, age seven, at the Summerfest, working on a massive village of Legos. Michael Koff took a picture of the STEAM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math Camp, that was held up in the Hilltowns this week, and kids had a good time. After we go through our legals pages, we turn to sports on the back page, and two recent Gilderland High School graduates, shortstop Cameron Collette and pitcher and outfielder Nick Grabeck, are right now in Arizona, ready for the World Series, the Connie Mack World Series, and we wish them and their team the best. Have a good week.